a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Welcome back to The Grind, a church planning podcast featuring practical tips, missional strategies, and personal stories to bring you insights and encouragement. Coming to you fresh from Little Rock, here's your hosts, Dave McClung and Neil Scoggins. Welcome back, everybody, to The Grind, and we're so glad you decided to join us once again. And at the time of this recording, uh, I don't know if... I don't know what kind of storm we would call that that, that blew through. Heavy. Heavy storm. <laughs> yeah. Not tornadic heavy. Not tornadic, but uh, or it was. hurricane heavy. But, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. The winds were. Yeah. What, so what What mile per hour wind does it have to be to be hurricane level? I don't know. Well, it was a lot last night. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't, it was a hurricane inland. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so there's no ocean front property in Arkansas. No. There there is Well uh, there, there was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, 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 there, there was. <laughs> it was yeah, a lot. Yeah, all the way from the, the Gulf. <laughs> that's and, right. Yeah. That's and right. uh and so uh but yeah it, we had quite the storm move through last night and my wife and kids are still without power at home. Man. And uh so they're sweaty and unhappy. Ooh. Ooh and so I may Ooh. not ever go home today. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah, smart man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. So. Dave, let me tell you this. I don't know what you do, and I don't know what type of influence you have. You know how to pick some guests. Well, I just say, hey, you want to be on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the homeless man finally turned you down. <laughs> turned you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got. Uh, we're excited to have the one. Well, there there are more than one Tim. Th- there Wings. are. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, we got the important Tim Wheat. That's right, the more uh, prestigious one. That's right. <laughs> uh, Glad to have Tim Wheat, who heads up the uh, assessment centers and uh, all the assessment stuff for North American Mission Board and the SIN Network. And so, Tim, welcome to the grind. <laughs> well, thanks. I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to join in with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went down and picked me some lunch. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad to be included. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes our intros have a tendency to get a little long. Yeah, there you go. Oh, so, just for clarification, that was a Coke when I said a drink. All right, just want to be clear. You gotcha. Right. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. You never know anymore. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. And listening to Neil and I, you so. would think otherwise. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Well, I have. Well, you know, you know me. I'm going to get a strawberry. That's right. Well, I've, I've got my good Mountain Dew. Mountain here, Dew. So, that's uh, it. That's yeah, right. indeed. Caffeine Central is <laughs> what yeah, we yeah. could call the grind. Oh man. Well, man, we are excited to have you on. Uh, I get to be a part of one of NAM's assessment retreats uh, here recently, and and uh, we are we're changing up a, a lot of the things we do with our assessment, and wanted to kind of see one of those retreats. Just had a great time with that, and just really impressed with what uh, Sin Network is doing with with assessments. And so, in talking with Tim there at that retreat, uh, I thought it'd be great to have him on and talk about all things assessing and. And identifying, we in the last uh, well this year we we kicked off um, just to frame the conversation a little bit. Kicked off our very first what we're calling ascending church cohort, and so we had ten churches that we've been having serious conversations with about internships, leadership development, uh, church planning residencies uh, for the purpose of identifying, equipping, raising up leaders from within the churches and sending them out, taking ownership of the planners that they 
identify, equip, and send out. And, mm-hmm. and, and so part of that will be you know, really trying to help them assess potential church planning candidates um, and then those that, that decide to plant, uh, really giving them a leg up and making sure they're well-equipped and ready to go by the time they, they launch out. And so, so that assessment retreat was really great to kind of get to see that and see mm. some things we were missing and shore up some things uh, that need to be strengthened. And so thanks for the invitation to that, and thanks for coming on with us to talk about this. Yeah. So Yeah, I'm glad to know that I was just one of somebody in, in, invited. <laughs> How do you find these guests? Well, I just invite people. That's right. I just, so, uh, I just say, yeah. hey, you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> thanks for making him feel real special. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah. I was feeling really good about myself, and I just, I just asked people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, go. the intention was yeah. that I have no great <laughs> ability or power to get anybody on ah. here. Uh, you have not because uh-huh. you Ask not. There you go. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and hey, so. hey, Tim, he's trying to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, right. he, he's wasting Mountain Dew everywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, hey, I, I do appreciate, uh, man, I do appreciate the invite. Love, love just kind of uh, seeing what's happening in various parts of the country, uh, getting to know what's happening in Arkansas because of some uh, past history roots, so to speak, of living in Arkansas. Yeah. And, so, uh, man, thanks for allowing me to be a part of this and, and uh, discussing one of the things that I, I do love about what I get to do. So. Yeah, absolutely. So talk, talk about your church planning journey and uh, kind of what led to uh, you heading up the assessment process uh, for NAM um, today. Yeah. yeah, so, hey, I just want to, uh, for clarification, because, uh, you know, when people get around and listen to certain things and it gets passed along here and there uh, and things change, uh, I'm not heading up the assessment okay. uh, uh, process for NAM uh, anymore. I was heavily involved in that. The roles changed uh, with us at NAM, and so uh, just to honor the person who is actually doing that, uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, so uh, what what I get to do is kind of oversee a lot of what we do, everything from assessments and training and coaching and all that throughout the South. Gotcha. So uh, that, that's more of where I'm focusing a lot of my energies these days at NAM. And, mm. uh, but... Uh, I've been involved with our assessment since its uh, uh, genesis, I would say, its origin back in 2011, 2011, which is where we started these types of assessment experiences before they ever became a part of NAM. Right. And uh, <clears throat> and I think one of the things, uh, there's probably a couple of reasons why I have uh, such um, a passion, is an overused word, why I love our assessments and why I think they're so critical. Uh, one of those is from my own experience. Back, uh, I planted, uh, and shortly after the book of Acts was written, years and years ago. I mean, it was it was a long, long time ago. Yep. It was back. It was back when we they were called the Home Mission Board. Okay, mm-hmm. and so uh, I planted uh, years and years ago. And uh, and I think I can say this because I I, I want to say it in the right tone. But man, the assessment that I experience was uh, less than life-giving, okay? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll say it that way. And, um, I, I mean, there was one part of the assessment where somebody was interviewing us, uh, my wife and I, and literally, I found out later on after, because you're going through it, you're not going, what, what, what are they doing? What angle are they taking? But he literally was provoking some things in me 
one, to see how my wife would defend me, how she would react. Mm-hmm. But basically, he was picking a fight with me in front of her. Wow. And I'm going, what value is that yeah, in church planting? I mean, really. So uh, I've got this past experience of years and years ago where the assessment, I thought, eh, it probably could have been managed uh, and, and uh, the objectives and the exercise, the experience could have been a lot better that would have more value in a church planter's life. So mm-hmm. that's part of it. And then I think the other uh, factor that uh, influences me when it comes to assessment is um, it, you just got to know one horror story, and it changes how you view yeah. the value or the, the placement of the assessment. And, and I have one of those with a friend of mine who, uh, hey, you want to plant? Hey, we'd love for you to plant. We'll get behind you, and you go plant. And the assessment um, was not a thorough and, and objective assessment, mm. and it almost wrecked their life. Mm. Uh, there was a season where it was it was so painful for them that, uh, you know, their divorce was pending oh, and all man. of that. Man. And you just got to have one of those stories where somebody didn't have a good assessment and should never have maybe been uh, asked to or encouraged to plant, at least at that particular season, to where you go, what I want to, I want to uh, prevent these ever happening to anybody yeah. else. Yeah. And so, uh, so those are, those are kind of two key factors for me that when I think about, I man, why are assessments so critical and important? Why I love them because of that. Yeah. Well, and I, I tell you, for me, you know, broadening the the number of eyes that are on each of our couples, you know, is so important to me because I'm a very optimistic fella. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys that, hey, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, an eye on the disc profile. You know, I'm a dreamer, creative. Anybody can do anything if you've got the right encouragement, you know, and that's... People like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I have found over the years not everybody can do anything yeah, with the right go. encouragement. That's right. And so so I need the D's and the C's, you know, to to ask the hard questions and pump the brakes and and uh, you know, yeah, uh, maybe they're it's not all rainbows and unicorns. And there you go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because uh, because we've had some of those same experiences. There there were some guys that planted that that we should not have encouraged to plant because it it was harmful and painful. Yeah, you know, to them yeah. and uh, trying to shore that yeah, up. We're we, in the same we, boat. We really can't confuse passion for proficiency. I mean, that, yeah. that's just kind of way. I, mm, I mean, a, a person can have all excitement, all fired up. They're ready to go, but that doesn't necessarily mean that and it's the right time or that they're even equipped to do that because they might have a a distorted view of what planting is, is really like. And so, yeah, we need we need some other folks. In fact, um, when I think about what our assessment experiences are like now, uh, you said this, and, and this is this is the most critical piece of it, is that it, you have multiple eyes mm-hmm. and multiple ears mm-hmm. involved in the assessment experience. And that's just going to make it a healthier, more well-rounded, uh, really um, – uh, a value add to those who are being assessed. Yeah. 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 Have you seen just, uh, and you talked about your horror story, like, you know, felt like being picked on and provoking a fight and the whole deal at the very beginning of your assessment. How, how have assessments changed in your mind and in your experience over the last, you know, year since the book of Acts was written? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, uh, first of all, um, 
there are, I think, um, not just with us as Southern Baptist uh, churches or uh, Northwest Mission Board, but uh, broadening that, assessments have become critical to a lot of different groups and mm, networks mm-hmm. and denominations and all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that because I think yeah. that is critical. Um, but uh, to, to see how um, you know it has, has changed is that for us, there's a couple of um, words that uh, that I, I like to use in describing our assessments. That we, we want it to be spirit-led, and we want it to be life-giving. And you can be, you know, really prompted by the spirit to discern truth uh, with a couple, uh, speak the truth in love. And it can still be life-giving to them, even yeah. when you need to um, uh, deliver some, some news to them or coach them in some ways where they have some blind spots or some things that, you, hey, we don't want to overlook this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm thankful that, uh, that we are part of those types of uh, – creating those types of experiences for folks that um, – it, it's not just a, hey, let me get my, my pad here, check off some things. It's not so scientific yeah. uh, or, you know, objective in that sense. But there is a, a real relational uh, yeah. uh, piece to it that is uh, individualized to each of the, the, the folks attending. So, well, I tell you, yeah, I think, I, yeah. I've become convinced that self-awareness <laughs> is very, very important. Oh, man. Uh, uh-huh. and, and, it's, and it's really hard to gain. Uh, you know, in uh, buddy Bert Ross used to say all the time that in his driver's model strategy planning method, the hardest thing to, to come to grips with is the current reality. Mm-hmm. You know, what is, you know, and being honest about that current reality. And one of the things I saw in the assessment retreat was uh, there were several points, not everybody there had every piece of the puzzle in place completely. And, and, but in, even in the, the, the pieces that were missing or were not where they needed to be, it was done in relationship. So the assessors were very encouraging, hey, have you thought about this? You need to think about this. And then, and then they walk out with a plan mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. things to do to shore up those missing pieces or strengthen those, you know, pieces aren't quite put yeah. together yet. And so, so it really does create a, a, a more well-rounded and complete kind of picture of who they are and how God's wired them and, you know, where they are in the process. So it's Yeah, I, I think uh, elaborating on that just a little bit more as I think about our assessment uh, retreat uh, experiences. In fact, we call it a retreat on purpose mm-hmm. uh, because we want it to, to be something that is replenishing and life-giving. Um, but uh, a value-add. Uh, in other words, when I said, man, picking the five, I didn't understand what, what value did that have. So we've tried to be intentional about uh, crafting these uh, retreats, these experiences, so that when a, a couple leaves, that they've left with some more value. There's, there's a little bit of coaching that takes place. There's some instruction that takes place. But what you're referring to is that, that every couple leaves with a growth plan mm-hmm. or a development plan. Mm-hmm. So that regardless of the outcome, uh, as, as you know, uh, maybe the listeners don't know, but there's, there's recommendations that are made at the end of an assessment. And uh, a couple of those recommendations uh, move the, the couple forward or the individual forward towards church planting, saying we affirm this, we see this. A couple of those recommendations um, say, hey, put the pause on or let's take a break and let's address these issues. 
And um, so regardless of where they fall in that, that at least they have a growth plan that they receive to say, here's a lot of things we see good in you. Here's how you can keep getting better at those good things. But here's some areas that you may want to put a plan around, and here's some recommendations for strengthening some of those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So, so I mean, I, I think about the assessments that, you know, it's been different. systems, for, And this has been, what, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. the level of assessments that I went through coming in as a church planner and then even now. Uh, totally different. Do you think it was just, you mentioned before, because the culture that we're in, do you think that it was just the culture, our society, the mistakes that we've seen and made that we've kind of trued up, shored up, modified assessments, or do you think that we were already on that road to change those anyway, or to modify assessments anyway? You know what I'm saying? Was it, did we modify those because of necessity, or was that just maturation of the assessment process? Mm. And I, you know, that just hey, hit man, me that, when I, you said that. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, great question uh, from a philosophical standpoint. Uh, I'm not a philosopher. To, to <laughs> yeah. really me, me either. That. I just I, got that from somewhere else. It's uh, one of those things you go, hmm, I wonder. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but what I would say in, in, in response to that is what, what we were seeing, and I say we, those who are involved in a more national view of things, mm-hmm. Um, we were seeing such different standards yeah. that, um, you know, this assessment would be, hey, I'm going to get you on the phone, I'm going to talk to you for a little bit, and, uh, man, great, go for it. And they would call that an assessment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, and then you would have those who would do, man, you're coming in for four days, I'm going to spend this time with you, we're going to see you do this, you, you got to go street witnessing, you know, and that was their assessment. And, and, uh, those are rare, by the way. It was much more of the other. Yeah. And so the, the maturation process is like, how can we create uh, a, a standard maybe that can be upheld across um, different cultures, different contexts, um, but at the same time will uh, allow us to protect the quality of church planting? Because yeah. You guys know this. Oh, man. The, 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 the worst thing that can happen is to send somebody to an area to plant a church and they give it their best shot and, quote, it fails. Mm-hmm. The next guy coming in behind them has double duty to try to come because it's like, oh, yeah, we saw that didn't work here, and they've got to overcome that. Yeah. You know, we're trying to prevent both people failing in the sense of, man, I just didn't make it, as well as communities in certain contexts mm-hmm. that need a gospel witness and we, we want to be able to have something thriving there regardless of who's there. Yeah. So somebody coming in the next time or the other guys that may join that have a positive view from the community. Yeah. I, you know, and I think, I think it's been both for us that there it was a maturation there. We, we, I'm a relentless evaluator. Uh, you know, I always want to evaluate everything. What worked well, what didn't work well, what didn't work well, we shore up and we strengthen. Mm-hmm. But then also out of necessity, I had two church planters divorce <clears throat> uh, after they planted, and we got to look, and there were there were some red flags before. Some we saw, some that we didn't didn't necessarily see, but we found out later were there, and so we didn't really have a great way to 
<clears throat> or as strong a way to measure, mm-hmm. you know, that spousal cooperation and, and were they in this together? Were they healthy? And so that's when we started adding prepare and rich and, and getting them to meet with yeah. a, you know, a licensed person yeah. that can, can walk through that. And so that was a necessity thing for me. I, I'm, yeah. I just made a determination. I'm not doing another church planner unless they go through this and we see, and we've sent, I don't know, three couples to counseling coming oh, yeah. out of that now, yeah. four couples to counseling. Yeah. Uh, and made that mandatory before they ever took a step forward. Yeah. And two of them are planting now, and their marriage is better than it's ever been. Uh, right. It's just, uh, Good. Uh, you know, that's one of those things that this is, it was a hard assessment in the beginning, but it became life-giving because it probably yeah. helped save their marriages and didn't put them in the pressure cooker uh, that would have yeah. destroyed it. So. Uh, Man, that's cool. Um, so yeah, a little bit of both of that, probably. Yeah. I was just curious about that because it, you know, it's changed a little bit. So what are the what are the what are the things that you look for uh, since you're kind of overseeing that whole that that big process uh-huh. nationally? What are the what are the things that you look for that that point to legitimate readiness and red flags? Like Dave was talking about with the, you know, with the marriage things, saw it but didn't really recognize it. Well, you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. I mean, when, I'm, you know, I just want you to talk about too assessing Paul when you assessed. Paul the Apostle, how, how that how that worked out? <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you saying when you sent them out from Jesus because that's like oh my god, okay. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'll answer that in in two ways. I'll answer uh, that from again just for the listeners involved. Uh, what we look at in the retreat in the assessment time to determine a level of readiness. Uh, there's there's actually nine traits or characteristics that we're trying to get uh, uh, an evaluative point of view. Uh, the first, which is the foundation of, of everything else, is a, a, a sense of a calling, a, a firm, a passionate calling, uh, not a, hey, your mom said you could do this, so I think you ought to try to do this. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, uh, or, or, you know, like, I, I, I think they're doing it wrong, and I tried to tell my pastor, and he's just wrong, so I'm going to go show him how to do it. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be, be uh, a calling to, not necessarily just a calling away from something. Um, and then uh, there are components of uh, or traits that we're looking at in the, in the course of the, uh, the two days that uh, are key factors. And again... Um, trying to lay, uh, to rate them at a level of readiness. So their leadership, um, hey, what, what have they done in the past? It's an assessment, so we're trying to draw out information. Mm-hmm. This is not a time to coach. We're trying to say, what have you done in the past? What have you started? If you've never started anything, probably your first thing should not sort of be to start a church. <laughs> yeah, and uh, right. so we're, we're trying, although you'd be surprised some people have shown up that <laughs> Oh, way. no, we uh, won't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, their emotional and spiritual health. And uh, so we, we have a counselor, a trained or licensed counselor, who is uh, looking at past issues um, to see how they are emotionally and spiritually. Um, then we also uh, look at the marital health, and that's where we have uh, someone, they've already mentioned that, uh, we have a, a certified, prepared, and rich uh, trainer, our leader, and they're looking at their prepared and rich and talking to them about uh, where they are in their marriage. Um, then we look at uh, preaching, uh, communication, and again, different styles, different contexts, but there's, there's a sense in which a person has to have an understanding of how to teach the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Then we, we look at, we're also looking at um, their disciple-making uh, experience and whether they ha- have one or if it's organic or what they've been involved with. We look at their missional engagement or evangelism. Uh, that's a, a key point of, I mean, churches are, are planted in order to help people hear the gospel and receive the gospel. If they're not actually living that out in their own life, uh, there's little expectation that they're going to create a church that does that. Yeah. And so we, we look at that. Uh, there is a vision casting part of our um, of our retreat. We want to see what they've discerned. Are they copying somebody else's, or they're still in the process? That doesn't that doesn't keep them from moving forward. We just want to use that's critical mm-hmm. to an effective church plant is a, a person having the ability to uh, understand and then cast that that vision. Um, there's the social engagement piece. Uh, we want to see how they react around. So our retreats are always in multiple couples. Uh, we, we're seeing how they're engaged in, in um, interacting with other folks. And then um, we have a separate, uh, I mean, it's just that retreat. We actually have a separate meeting, a uh, separate interview with the spouse. Uh, we found that that is so critical to the success and health of, uh, of a church plant. And so we have an experienced church planter's wife who interviews uh, the wives in a one-on-one setting to kind of know their heart, see their background, hear their fears, understand where they're coming from, and then you kind of put all those things together uh, that helps us to determine is this person at a point where they're ready to move forward. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a collective team of, um, well, actually assessors. There's six assessors, and then there's a, there's a team of about three to four other people that are involved in the retreat itself that are giving some direction and leadership, but the, there's six professors that are involved in in um, making this final recommendation that I mentioned earlier after these two-day retreats. Now, is this something that... that go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's one part of it when he says, hey, what do you look for? Yeah. Uh, that's what we're looking for in the assessment. I can answer this. I don't want you to lose your question if you need yeah. to say something else. Say, um, the other way that I would answer that is if I'm a pastor, what am I looking for that that I can spot in someone that may indicate, hey, they potentially could be a church plan. Mm-hmm. So I can answer that now or yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Right. jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So these are not uh, this. This is just a more of a personal uh, kind of response than it is like, oh, we've done a lot of research. Yeah. We gotta, these are the characteristics. OK. Um, but if I'm a pastor um, and, and, and having multiple conversations with people, uh, who could be a church planter out there? Because our church planting world is opened up to a, a, a larger audience than what a lot of people think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, over half of our church planters uh, these days are um, whether people group focused. And then there's also um, uh, a great majority of them are bivocational or co-vocational. I can answer that that is mm-hmm. just a little bit. Yeah. But um, and so the days of being a, a planter or a pastor means you go to a Christian college and go to seminary mm-hmm. and then you start here and you eventually become a pastor. Um, and there's great value in our education system. So theological education got to have that absolutely. I'm not diminishing that at all. But um, and there's there's some real estate guys sitting in some shoes. There's there's some yep. teachers. Uh, there's a doctor um, that uh, that God has uh, arrested 
them in their heart in a way, and they they could be thinking, uh, I feel this desire, but I, I I didn't do that path, so I can't do that. Right. Yeah. And um, and so if I'm a pastor, I'm keeping my eyes out for these types of people, and there's six that I that I think of. One of them is uh, for those who kind of are starters or risk takers. They they initiate things. Mm-hmm. If I see somebody who's got that as their characteristic. I'm kind of keeping an eye on them. Um, that uh, others naturally follow. Um, you know how you can be in a group setting and people talking about something and somebody asks a question and kind of head turn towards somebody. Yeah. They're not necessarily the designated leader, but there's a natural sense of, hey, this person, uh, we know he gives directions or he tends to speak in a way that we want to listen. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so um, a natural sense of others want to follow them. Um, that uh, uh, somebody who values team, somebody who's not all about themselves. Mm-hmm. I see somebody saying, you know, building teams or building groups or engaging other people. Then that's a, that's a that's a key characteristic. Um, that um, a spousal support if they're married. I've already mentioned that yeah. in the assessment, but that's um, that's key. Then um, a good communicator. Uh, if I see somebody leading a Bible study or Sunday school class and they their class keeps growing and people love that, I mean, that's a, a potential person right there that's going, okay, God's given them a gift and ability. Uh, they could be a church planter. Um, and then the last one, which is not necessarily in priority because I think it's really like maybe the most important in some ways, is that they, they relate well to others outside the church. Mm, yeah. So they that's have a, a kind of a good thing. They know how to talk to people. Not they're just not surrounded by those who are their good Christian buddies. Yep. And they're you know that they they know how to relate to people beyond just the, the context of church. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Well, we I, yep. I was in the engineering field when God called me into the ministry, and and a lot of our staff here at the ABSC did not go the traditional Bible college uh, seminary right. route. Now a lot of us did seminary. You know, eventually, but yeah. uh, I mean, we have lawyers, marketing, finance, business, police officers. You, you poli- yeah, you name it. I mean, a little bit of everything. And we, part of us uh, starting this sending church cohort was to help pastors think internally when they're looking for church planters. Because we get, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had, hey, we want to plant over here in this location. Do you have a guy for us? <laughs> yeah. While he's mentoring and coaching seven to eight guys a week. And I'm like, no, you've got the guys. Yeah. And it's just, right. it's just been fascinating that has not clicked. And I had a conversation with one of our great pastors. I mean, he's an incredible guy leading a fantastic church in Arkansas, and we were talking about this issue, and they have two places they've identified they want to plant churches in communities adjacent to them. And he said, we just don't have the guys. And I said, well, what if they're sitting in your seats on Sunday morning? I said, they're, they're guys that are starting ministries, they're leading teams, they're, they probably got successful businesses, or, you know, here's some marks to look at. And it was fascinating watching the, I'm in a room with four staff members, and as soon as I said that, all four of them immediately started writing. And, yeah. and, I, and so I just continued on. Here's what we're looking for, you know. And the pastor said, I just wrote down ten names of guys that came to mind. And the other three staff guys, one of them said, well, I had 12, I had 15. And they got to look, and it was all the same names. Wow. 
Wow. And, and I said, okay, I said, there, there's your at least potential pool yep. to draw from. Now you got to see, you know, who, who's interested, who's got already working on, right. and then figure out a plan to equip them. And, and it, was, it was one of the funnest conversations I've ever been involved in because the light bulb came on. Yeah. For them. Yeah. Right. And we've got to see that multiplied all over the state because because yeah. the low hanging fruit of guys, you know, to pick to go plant churches, it's been taken. We've got to develop right. them now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, again, I, I would just speak from my experience about that because uh, of how it happened for me in, in regards to church planting. Um, and, and I try to encourage pastors when we think of characteristics or whatever that you're not trying to determine God's will. I mean, right. They ultimately have to sense a calling. Right. But by simply you asking them, hey, have you ever considered this, giving them permission to even consider yep. or pray about it? Yeah. I was, I was 20, um, 26 years old, and my uh, college uh, – oh, there you Lots go. Went <laughs> <off>. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, if you guys got raptured, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it would have been funny when the light came back on if you guys had not been there. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have freaked out. If we were the quicker on our feet, we would have, we we would have just done like that. dived just, up under yeah. the yeah. <laughs> Let's see what he does. Oh, my God. When I was, when I was 20, uh, 25 or 26, uh, he was my BSU campus minister when I was in college, and God had uh, laid on his heart to go plant a church in Seattle, and uh, and he laid me on his heart as well. So he called me, and I remember thinking, "This guy's crazy. This guy's nuts. What's he talking about?" Yeah. And that was the seed that God used to plant in me that gave birth to planting, and now kind of coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all because somebody just simply asked if I would consider that. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk all the time about it being in an environment that there was no language for church planting. Right. You know, you know, we, we, I knew what I was feeling and a lot of guys that knew, you know, another guy that was here, Stephen Bell, he's in Illinois right now, but uh, we didn't know what it was. So until somebody had a conversation or we were in a class, we don't know they're there. You know, those folks are actually there, like you said, but uh, giving us permission to open up and pray because God's planted the seed. And I like the fact that you're saying in those assessments, to me, the biggest piece, and all of them are important, but calling, man, that for me, and I know everybody has their special ones, but that's it. But you have to have permission to to uh, dive deep and search what that legitimate calling is. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to No, you're, you're there, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, you know, Alan Hirsch, one of the many things he said that has just really profoundly impacted me, but he was talking in his APEST conversations, talked about, giving people language and license. You know, right. they've got to have a new language for thinking about their place in the church and in the kingdom. And then we've got to give them permission to explore that, yeah. the yeah. license to do yeah. that. I think the same okay. thing with, with church planting. Um, you know, because there are folks that this is not on their radar. I, had a, I use him all the time, uh, a guy who's planting in northeast Arkansas right now. And uh, came out of a drug culture, uh, did a little jail time. It's the same thing kind of happened with your brother when, when the Lord got a hold of him. I mean, is this is Saul to Paul, you know, kind of transformation yeah. experience. Right. And I've watched this guy for three years, 
and every time I see him, he's got new stories of people he's led to Jesus. Wow. I mean, it's just yeah. you know, yeah. incredible. And uh, so I just asked him one day, I said, Shane, I said, uh, I said when are you going to come plant a church with me? And he's, his eyes got big and his jaw dropped. He stumbled and stammered. Uh, 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 uh. And then I'm telling you, a week and a half later, he called me. He said, I have not been able to sleep since you've asked me that question. Mm. And he said, I want to go reach the people uh, who are like what I was. You know, yeah. This is where Jesus rescued me. I feel like he's sending me on a rescue mission for these people. And that's what he and April, his wife, are doing. I yeah. mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And, uh, wow. but nobody, he, he didn't, he didn't have a clue that he could ever do anything like that. Right. right. And uh, yep. somebody just had to ask him the question. And then it's, you know, right. the Holy Spirit does the his work. In language, that's it. I tell that's people right. all the time right. that, you know, Jesus loves you and I have a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I would really rather you follow Jesus' plan yeah, than mine, <laughs> but, but I'm going to make sure you're at least asking these questions. There you go. And, uh, uh. <laughs> and so, hey, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm going to just uh, take a, a privilege here for a minute because I just had a lunch with a guy who's asking those same questions. Mm-hmm. So whether this has value or not, I just feel a little prompted to elaborate a little bit more on that. And, and here's where I'm, uh, I want to uh, kind of take a, uh, another step or two in that direction. And that is this, this guy said he's had multiple people um, kind of encourage him almost pressuring him, man, you ought to do this. you got to do this. You can do this. We've seen you do this. And um, and he's not, uh, you know, feeling the sense of the, the calling to that, but he's, he's confused now yeah. where all these folks who have well-meaning, well-intentioned. Yep. Um, so I, I just try to encourage him to say, what would have happened if it would have been reframed in the sense of, hey, man, we see a lot of things about this. Would you consider this? Mm, mm. Would you, have you ever thought about, and if that would have given you more freedom to really pray through it and discern with the Spirit rather than these voices that are kind of like pushing and pressuring him? So I just say that to anybody who listens and you got somebody in mind, and phrase it in a way that gives them uh, permission to explore, not necessarily the the challenge of you ought to, and then yeah. they feel guilty yeah. for letting somebody down. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and all these church, these pastors that have gone through our sending church cohort, they're, they're wrestling through that right now. How do we approach these leaders that we see something in them? Uh, yeah. What, what is it, you know, is it planting? Is it pastoring or is it, you know, we want to pour into them, be a better small group leader. You know, it yeah. may be right. as simple as that. But uh, uh, but wrestling through okay and discerning okay God who who are you calling what is what is going on There's something with these people these leaders in our church that is a is a cut above yeah. uh, your your hand yeah. is on them obviously so what what could you do with that and and uh, they're all trying to figure that out right now we're trying to walk with them in that and figure us out for ourselves as well yeah. and uh, but it, th- those are fun conversations. Yeah, you know, to to present a scenario, what 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 could be here? You know, is God yeah. doing something in your life that um, that that might lead you to plant? There are a lot of areas that that don't give you that that license and that that blank yeah. canvas, mm-hmm. and it's it's so new, yeah. so it it kind of yeah. scares people a little bit. They okay, what's your angle? Right. What do you mean? Yeah, you yeah. Know, what are you looking for? What do you want to hear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah. So I'm, you know, we we talked to this is man. I don't know how long ago it's been now. Todd West, 
about coaching. And uh, I was just curious. This is not on the, you know, I'm going to throw you off guard here for a second. <laughs> you ever come into con- come in contact with somebody, we asked Todd this question, where you knew, you know, it was flag after flag, bomb after bomb, and you knew they would make an awesome member, but not necessarily a great planter. Uh, as an assessor, is it your job then to, to have the tough conversation, or do you... What, what would you do? You've been doing this for a while. What would you do as the assessor? Yeah. It is so obvious <laughs> that they're not yeah. the number one person. Yeah. Uh, you're an awesome member. You know, you have the gift of, you know, showing up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. none of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it, I, I would say that not in the moment because there's bits uh, in the moment of the, of the actual assessment because there's other pieces that I may not be able to see. Yeah. Um, but at the conclusion of an assessment, when uh, if, if, if your observation is correct about a couple, man, they are phenomenal this way and that way, or individual, they're, you know, they're incredible. But we don't see where they could be the lead church planter or something like that. Now, I think we have served many people well in having those conversations. Yeah. Um, we, some, some have not, honestly, some have not received that. And, and just to uh, give a, a bigger picture, uh, the, the recommendations about putting a pause on them, one of them is what we call further development needed. And, and we do a lot of affirmation, but we're saying it's just a timing. We need mm-hmm. to see you grow in some other areas here to get ready to be able to plant. But the other one is what we, we labeled it caution at this point. And that is like, hey, there's some significant factors here that one, maybe we don't see a calling the church plant really uh, articulated, or maybe there's some other emotional or marital issues that we think, man, you don't, don't get healthy to plant. You just need to go get healthy. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and so when we've had those follow-up conversations, because at the end of every retreat, a report is created, and there is an actual follow-up. It's not just we send you the report, because again, life-giving. We want to try to communicate and articulate some things in a way that's going to be received and of value and benefit. And there have been many situations where the spouse, but sometimes even the planter or the potential planter, when we said, "Hey, we don't see this as ready," or "We don't see we we see you would be a great second person or a great." team member in some ways um it's like i have many conversations of thank you that's what i've sent but i've heard other people saying this or felt like i ought to and i just needed some somebody to give me perspective and uh that's when we go thank you jesus for working through this whole process and affirming that and um and then let me let me say this too because i want to i want to be you know as genuine as i can um about this. Not everybody receives that, by the way. Some, mm-hmm. some people would uh, challenge and push back and disagree, and I, I, I respect that, absolutely. And I'll tell you that there's probably been some times where we have missed it, where our team has yeah. ended up with a, a recommendation, and uh, it might have not have been the right recommendation, whether it was to move forward or to say, hey, take a, take a, a break and pause a little bit. Um, that's our humanity. You have to trust the sovereignty of God in yeah. those situations. Yeah. That's the reason we call it a reckon a recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A recommendation based on what we see. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How many how many times over the years has the the 
as husband and wife are going through this assessment, because I've I've had a couple of wives put the brakes on uh, <laughs> yeah. planting, and and rightly so, you know, because she's going to know mm-hmm. her husband better than anybody, and what they right. can do, what they can't do, what they you know feel like the Lord's leading them to do. How many times has a spouse in your history, yeah, you know, as a part of this recommendation, whether you guys gave them a green light or not, spouse says, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have numbers or percentages, but it it, it exists, yeah. and I'm thankful for that. But the other part of that is um, is something to be um, you know aware of, and that is this: sometimes a husband can be so dominant or passionate that the wife will sometimes feel like, well, who am I to say? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the reason we want to again use the word permission. We want to give permission for the the, the wife to feel validated and valued and an assessment to say your voice matters. And the last thing, you may not have the same intensity. This is one of the things we say a lot. You may not have the same intensity, but you've got to have the same piece. Right, yeah. And if, yeah. A, wife, if a wife doesn't have a piece about it, then that's a clear indication that it's not the right time. Yeah. And um, we want to do that so that the wife doesn't feel shame yeah. or that the husband doesn't go, well, we didn't pass because of you. you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where you go and get healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's a whole different conversation if that happens. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, man, I've gotten, I've gotten to the point, I'm, I'm pretty strong on this issue that, you know, spouse will buy in and that she has the same calling and, and peace about this, and I, we were laughing. We we got our first Hindi church planter, uh, a couple, and he was he's a single guy, but he just got engaged, and mm, they're they're mm. going to be married soon. And and so I, I told him in in our kind of we call it a chapter one weekend. It's kind of our initial assessment kind of thing. And I told him I said, guys, let me tell you, there are six couples in there. And I said I said I'm giving permission here right now for your spouse to say no. And, uh, and I said, if I find out that you have moved forward in this process and ignored your wife and her feelings on this, I will cut you. <laughs> and, and so, Pranay, he's so funny. He's from uh, Western India and uh, just a sharp, sharp guy. I'm mean, real excited about what God's going to do with him. He calls his, uh, she's just his girlfriend at this point. He said, I know we're not engaged. We're not married yet, but I think of you this way. I have to know if you're on board with this or not. <laughs> he said, because if you're not, Dave told me he would cut me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she said, I don't know who Dave is, but I like him already. I want his number. <laughs> and uh, I said, you tell her I'm looking out for her. And, and if you mistreat her in this, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're going to get cut. <laughs> you're going to get cut. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. So funny. Yeah. So funny. But he went. He called her that night after our first night in this, this kind of weekend, and uh, he just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Yeah. And so they just got engaged this last weekend and are getting ready to to launch out. It, this is going to be fun. They they're, they're going to be a fun couple to work yeah. with. Great. Yeah, but That's anyway. Awesome. I'm happy for Pernay, man. That's kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's great. He is great. Uh, 
Well, man, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, hey, we want to hit you with these good old rapid-fire questions to peer into your soul. Oh, my. And, okay. uh, now, yeah. now, Tim, these are non-spiritual, so you're yeah. okay. Well, not okay. all of them. Not all of them. Yeah, yeah. not all of them. But yeah. sometimes these are harder questions to answer. No, they are harder. Than, than the others. <laughs> yes, yeah. they are. So, uh, yeah. All right, so uh, all our planners primarily are big readers, so we always like to ask, what's top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Yeah, I, the first one that comes to mind for me, because I give it out a lot, uh, and again, this is all preference, so uh, yeah. it's, it's a book called Replenish, Lance Witt. Yeah. Um, mm. And, man, I, I love it because of what it spoke to me in my life yeah. about kind of a healthy self-identity, self-awareness, self-understanding. And uh, it's along the lines of Cazero's uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's the, it's the dummy down version of the <laughs> that speaks to my heart. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, Replenish is, is, is really kind of the first uh, one that uh, I read that years ago. And I, in fact, I've got it beside me again. I pulled it out about a month ago saying I'm going to reread this again yeah. because it's, it's so good. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Probably uh, the, the second um, book that, when I think back, what, what really had um, you know, some impact on me was a book by Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the gist of that book is we talked about permission or freedom. We used those words a couple of times. And it was just a phenomenal book that helped me to understand um, – God created me in certain ways that I maybe can relate more intimately to him. You know, you've got the word and you've got prayer, but there's some pathways that we can walk down that uh, when we walk in those pathways, we experience his presence, his pleasure, his power in more ways than walking uh, in some other ways. Mm -hmm. So um, that it was a very freeing book to me. I probably, see, that was 20-something, 20, 20 years ago. When I read that book, and it really helped turn the corner in um, in my relationship with the, with the Father, and really move into a deeper level of intimacy. So those those are the first two books that come to mind when I think about it. Oh, cool. cool. Okay, greatest strength and greatest weakness in ministry. Greatest uh, strength in ministry, um, I think, would be encouragement. Uh, I, uh, I think that's just a, a gifting and a way that God's created me. And so I think a lot of people would validate, yeah. uh, try to bring some, some sense of encouragement. Um, greatest weakness in ministry is, um, I think I could say it this way, is, uh, uh, like, I don't want to use the word workaholism, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's not really workaholism because I've learned to take some breaks, but I feel responsible and I feel like I should be doing more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that will drive me to some unhealthy places, honestly. Yeah. I have to really watch that. Yeah. Um, so uh, achiever, uh, an achiever mentality, maybe yeah. that's the better way to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that the on this profile on Enneagram, I'm a uh, eight wing, uh, which is that uh, disc. I'm a, uh, a hard eye with a D shading, and because uh, of that drive, yeah. I just got to be doing more. And uh, uh, came by that honestly with my dad as well. And uh, that's, that's uh, my dad was the same way. Yeah. He didn't purposely disciple me, but by maybe DNA and by lifestyle that. Uh, kind of what I picked up on. Yep. And right. I thought, 
I'm blaming him. That's okay? right. You know, that's that. You know, I yeah. My 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 wife and mother blame my dad as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Your kids yeah. just blame you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they don't know to blame Papa, but they blame me. Yeah. All right. My dad's name was Gerald. J. Earl, girl, and you know, I, my wife every now and then, now you're seeing girl. Oh, man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. My first name is Paul, and my dad's first name is Paul. We have different middle names, but uh, that's when, when I get called Paul. Uh, that's when I need to check my balance yeah. a little bit. Well, my so. wife calls me Reverend, then I know that I've been, yeah. yeah. No, I'm serious. There's a friend of mine that yeah. said, when your wife calls you Reverend, you're yeah. doing too much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't yeah. like it when she yeah. calls me yeah. at home, you yeah. call me Reverend. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I would respond, mm, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Indeed. Yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. Okay, so favorite pastime or hobby? Uh, and I, uh, I love, um, <laughs> it's really personally in my with people watching. I really shouldn't be stated that way, but I do like, I'm, I'm fascinated with different people and personalities. <laughs> I just I, like I, watching I people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll fit at them all. Yeah. <laughs> I really won't. Just as long as you don't I do really, it from a white I, van, I, you're probably yeah, There you go. You're good. <laughs> Uh, I'm at the airport. I'm not flying anywhere. I'm just watching. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you waiting on somebody? Yep, the next person to come by. Yeah, that's really. I'm, I'm chasing that way too far. No, really. I uh, so uh, I uh, usually run. I'm. Uh, I try to get in running, and and here this year I've uh, preparing for a triathlon. So I've been doing some running, okay. swimming. I've really picked up swimming a lot lately, and bike. That's what I've spent a lot of my time. People used to ask me that years ago. What what are your hobbies or pastimes? And I go, they're called Madison, Michaela, and Mason. That was my there you go. Uh-huh. There you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Man. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay, so. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, favorite movie of all time. Oh, God. Favorite. Uh, that is the typical response. And that's right. Yeah. yeah, that is just so, so, because I, I like all kinds of movies. And, uh, you know, you take this to music, too. I, I like, I have a whole, I mean, I don't know that I have a favorite. Uh, uh, which one did I see the most? I saw Rocky a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't know what would be a favorite movie, one that just stirred me to, you know, or even even music. Uh, I'm, I'm a country guy. I love hey, country hey, music. There you I go. Love, and I love, uh, you know, contemporary Christian kind of uh, music and everything. Um, but I don't have favorite bands or favorite singers. I just kind of appreciate different people in different ways. So, yeah, anyway. yeah. Oh, not a good answer, but, yeah. <laughs> All right, it so works. no favorite movie, no favorite, no favorite band. You know, band or there musician. You yeah. so you What's just, your favorite yeah. season of the year? <laughs> I'm just curious. That's good. Uh, I think fall. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me yeah, too. I, I, uh, <laughs> which is usually kind of leading towards death. Now that I think. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like winter, so evidently I love death. <laughs> you also I, I like, like the cool things. I like football. You know, yeah. I, I, I like. Um, yeah. So I, I like the fall time better than. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
See, my wife is a beach kind of girl, which we went to Destin yeah. last week, you yeah. know, and, and did that. Yeah. I'm a snow. I want to go to the mountains and hang out that's in the where snow. I'm at. Yep. yep. And that's that's me. I love fall and winter and uh man. No, yeah. just spring and fall, man. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, because of my head, I don't I, like summer. I, yeah. <laughs> I love the idea. When we lived out in Denver, man, I loved living in, in Denver and being able to go hiking in the mountains and seeing my breath. You know, that to me was like, this is, man, I'm I'm enjoying this. My wife would be shivering and shaking over there. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. this is awesome, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, how much longer? How much longer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're without power at our house right now, and it's hot in the house, and yeah. she's loving life. And I'm just melting. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I'm just yeah, melting. Right. And, uh, yeah. Maggie, my 12-year-old, she she's just like I am in that. And we could never snuggle together when she was little because we'd both sweat. <laughs> just, I mean, we'd, we'd both wake up from a nap, and we're both just <laughs> soaking wet. wet. And it wasn't because she peed on me. I mean, just, you know, we're just, <laughs> sweating. just sweating. And still, it's just, you know, if she'll, she'll come curl up beside me on the couch sometimes. And I'll finally say, Maggie, I love you, but you got to go sit over there. <laughs> it's We're, getting hot. It's getting hot. And, uh, she's the same way. She can't do it either. So Wow. Uh, it's funny. That's funny. Cool. Well, man, that, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And this is a fun conversation. Yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, thanks again once for letting us come and, and hang out at the assessment retreat. That was very, very helpful for us. And we saw some things. Okay, we got to do that. We got to do that. Haven't been doing that. Uh, and then some other things, hey, we're right on track there, right on track there. So very encouraging, very affirming, and, and uh, just always trying to get better. And, uh, and you guys are further down the road there. Well, I, and I again, appreciate your work, appreciate what you guys are involved in, and want to be, uh, you know, support you, big fans, and uh, thanks for just letting me laugh with you guys, have a little break to miss my afternoon here, so, man, it's been fun. It's been life-giving for me, and so uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Indeed. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, adios. Uh, everybody, we'll see you next time on The Old Grind. That's all for this episode of The Grind. Make sure to sign up for The Grind email newsletter for all the latest news, articles, and book recommendations by going to absc.org slash thegrindnewsletter. If you like what you hear, rate and review us, and make sure to share this episode with your friends. Until next time, keep grinding.